1: These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their time, but they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of Nebraska! The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn Huskers, more like corn shuffle
0: are you ready for this
3: Welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Like we always say, give us a like and subscribe so we can make the number one podcast in all of Nebraska Hawkeye 1. I think we all think that would be awesome. Joining us at the Nebraska Hawks Nest today, we have uh, my cohort here, beautiful Jerry, And also, on top of it, we have WHO anchor and uh, sports sound off contributor, Andy Pills. Andy, how's it going, man?
4: Yeah, it's going great. Happy Friday, guys. Happy holiday weekend.
3: Happy, happy Friday to you. I wanted to get the feeling of the room. I didn't want to have Is a crack okay of beer. A
4: beer. Son of a oh.
3: gun. <laughs> I wanted to have one, too, and I didn't because I wasn't sure if it was going to be acceptable. Damn it. Oh, I, I, I hope I, it, you didn't
4: think I was the one that was going to have a problem with
3: it. Uh, Jerry, living, Jerry's, li- Jerry's kind of li- uptight, so I don't know. Uh, I
2: don't know. Living amongst Husker fans, you, you learn hey, to pick up the habit. So. I work
4: hard for these things. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not waiting for anybody.
3: I don't don't blame you one bit. I'm going to definitely be cracking one soon as we're done with this. I'm happy the weekend is here as well. Um, Want to talk about Andy, you know, everyone that's grown up or lived in Des Moines, uh, pretty much anywhere in Iowa is very familiar with your work. And uh, Jerry and I are huge fans. You guys, just what you guys do on with your contribution to sound off and everything on WHO is amazing and really want to find out, um, a little bit about your background, where where you grew up, where you came from, and uh, what brought you to WHO.
4: Uh, born in the suburbs, born and raised in the suburbs of St. Louis. Um, uh, went uh, went to went to Drake University here in in Des Moines. Um, actually, had moved back home to St. Louis and um, really got my start uh, in 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 the newspaper business. I was a sports writer for the St. Louis Suburban Journal's covering high school sports, um, you know, driving all over creation, really just loving it. And, uh, I, I they, um, back in this would have been about 1994 gives you an idea of just how old I am. Um, St. Louis started up its very first all sports radio station. And, you know, I was always one of those guys that just could not get enough sports talk. And, You know, it's it's almost hard to. It's hard to remember a time when people felt that way, but it was a real, it was a very real thing. Um, you know, you could find national sports talk if you watch like the sports reporters on, yeah, you know, ESPN Mm -hmm. on the weekend, Mitch Album and Dick Schaap and stuff. But for the most part, local sports talk. Really came, in St. Louis, um, it came down to a program called Sports Open Line on, on KMOX, which was like, you know, like three or four nights a week after Cardinal games, um, you, you know, for like two hours. And then the, the phone lines would be jammed with Cardinal fans calling in to ask questions. And that was it. You know, you would never get through. So you had the newspaper and everything, but there's no way to, you know, have conversation and kind of, you know, talk back and forth. And so, you know, everybody's just always hungry for more, more, more. And then all of a sudden, you know, I guess it would have been, actually, I think it was um, it, it was this week in 1987 that w, WFAN went on the air with Mike and the Mad Dog, and really Sports Talk Radio was born. So 1987, I'd have been in high school. So in my world, I, I lived for quite a long time with no Sports Talk at all. And um, so KFNS went on the air in St. Louis and I was hooked. I could not get enough of it. And as I was writing for the newspaper, I mean, I was just really thinking to myself, you know, I love covering sports, but I really want to get into, you know, the, the broadcast side of it. I think it's maybe a better mix of my skills. And so I started interning. I just went over there and said, hey, what can I do to work at this? at this station and they're like, uh, well, you know, you're 23 years old. You, you don't have any experience, you know, you can come in here and answer phones or whatever. I was like, I'll do it.
0: So I came in and I,
4: I, I, I interned and, you know, eventually I, you know, I, I, I just was there all the time. I just couldn't get enough of it. And they, you know, eventually they said, well, Hey, how would you like to go to, um, the Blues games and take a, you know, take a microphone and and recorder and it was like an old time digital recorder and do the interviews after the game. And I was like, are you kidding me? I I would love that. And it it was a dream come true. So I got a, I got a press pass for the whole season for the St. Louis Blues, my favorite team in the world. And I covered them. Yeah, baby. Yeah I mean I yeah, there you go. Yeah. And so I
2: suck I, up, I was, Jerry.
4: <laughs> I was I was high on, on the rush. Yeah. I mean I I I I was, you know, Mike Keenan got there and then they traded for Wayne Gretzky and
2: mm-hmm.
4: I, I was just I was in, in heaven. But you know, um they let me be a field reporter and then they eventually put me on the payroll and you know, I would do these little reports and um I really couldn't get any airtime, though. Um, you know, just tiny little reports here and there. And if I wanted to, you know, come on the, the, the talk show. If I wanted to come on, you know, the Blues post-game show for a few minutes after the game, they'd let me have a little bit of time. But, you know, these guys have been, you know, long-time uh, you know, play-by-play guys and, and St. Louis Post-Dispatch reporters and um, St. Louis local TV uh, sports anchors for, for a long time. They had all the airtime there, and again, it was just the one station, so um, it was a real log jam. So I really couldn't get get many chances, and they just kept saying, you know, you've got to get out of here and go to a small market and get experience and then work your way up like everybody else did. So it finally got to the point where, you know, I covered the Blues for a couple of seasons with a press pass. I covered the Cardinals for a couple of seasons with a press pass. The Rams had just gotten there I' had cover, covered them for a couple of seasons with a press pass, and that was awesome, but you know i I lived at my parents' house i i, I didn't make any money I, I couldn't make a living out of it i you know I, I quit the job at the newspaper so I could do more at the radio station but finally i said okay i gotta I, I just gotta go out and you know seek my fortune um, you know like the fairy tales would say and so I sent tapes out and I ended up getting a job at this Little group of stations in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, way up north, north central part of the state. So I went up there, and I was working on radio and doing play-by-play for high school hockey, which is a, a real rush, and you know baseball and football, basketball and stuff. Um, but you know, while I was there on on radio, I noticed that there the the Wausau Rhinelander TV market, which is like market size one fifty. Uh, Des Moines is is 70, for comparison's sake. Um, It was located there in Rhinelander. The the, the NBC affiliate was located there in Rhinelander. So I thought, you know, I think maybe I didn't have a degree in journalism. My degree is, is in English. And... I thought, you know, TV might be a better mix of my skills, but I'd never done an internship. I didn't have any experience. I didn't know how any of the equipment work, but I thought to myself, you know, I, I I'm in radio and I cover, you know, the city council meetings and I go to all these sporting events and stuff. And I always see the TV reporters from this little station there. And I, and I, you know, I kind of got to be friends with them. And I said to myself one day, I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I, I'm going to make friends with all these guys I'm going to get to know their boss, and when a job opening comes, I'm going to apply for that job opening, and I'm try to get that job, whatever it is. And that's exactly what happened. So and it just so happened that the first job that came open was the number three sports position. Uh, if it had been the news job that came open, I'd have gone straight into the news. hell, if it had been weather, I'd have gone into weather, whatever. But it was sports. And so I, I, I was ecstatic. I got the job. I was so happy that day. I cried. Um, That's awesome. And uh, you know, so I started working there. I was there for a year and a half um, and eventually I started sending out tapes and um, W.O.I. and Des Moines um, liked me and hired me and I, I started working there and uh, then Ryan Lund left at at, at channel 13 and Todd Bailey and Keith Murphy kind of knew me and knew my work and said, called me up and said, Hey, how'd you like to come work at channel 13? Do you have, do you have a contract? I said, yeah, no, I I don't have a contract. Uh, they never gave me a contract. Channel five didn't. So channel 13 hired me away from channel five after just nine months. And the, uh, the general manager at channel five was so mad that from that point on, I felt kind of bad from that point on everybody had to sign a contract at W.O.I., <laughs> even though they didn't make any money, they had horrible salaries, it was, you know, a station that really didn't treat its employees very well. But they made everybody sign a contract. So I was kind of the last <laughs> one out the door yeah. and uh, started working at Channel 13. And, um, you know, I just think, you know, really early on, it was it was just a really great fit because I was kind of willing to do anything at that point. And then Keith just always had all these crazy ideas and he's just he's always looking for somebody to just go carry him out, you know? And so for the first couple of years there, I was probably doing stuff that was really stupid. I know it was really stupid. um, You know, pretty much putting a ball on my nose and just running around doing whatever. But, you know, I think eventually I I got to the point where um, it was, it was pretty clear my strength was, was writing and, and reporting and, you know, maybe, maybe anchoring. And so I just did more and more of that. And, Um, You know, I just had a great partnership with with Murph really from that point on. And um, ever since then, he's he's been my mentor and one of my best friends at the same time. We've really made a, you know, just a good, cohesive uh, team. And uh, I've just really been very, very satisfied with my quality of life here in Des Moines.
3: You guys got like a very tight knit uh, sort of family atmosphere. It seems like there, like you can really tell that everybody there really gets along and genuinely likes each other. Tell us a little bit about the dynamic between Ed, Keith, yourself, you know, everyone else that's a part of that team, and how much fun it is for all of you guys to work together.
4: Well, you know, uh, the, the 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 TV business is um, is it's, it's really. It's so different. Local news is so different than most other um, careers in that, I mean, first of all, most people want to move up the ladder. You know, they want to go yeah. get to a bigger and bigger market. And, you you know, so a lot of people won't really settle in, in a market. They'll just you know, be there as long as they need to be, and then they'll, they'll, they'll move out. Um, and, you know, people burn out. Pretty quick in in the in the business because you know they don't they don't put down roots and you know if they do get married and have kids and they're moving them all the time and, and it's just kind of a tough existence and they don't ever you know develop a, a real affinity for um, you know the teams and the cities that they live in, um, but you know the one thing that I I found to be very true about about you know maybe not so much Des Moines but really the Midwest in general is that people do do that here. They, they get comfortable and it doesn't matter necessarily what size the market is. Um, You know, we, we, we put down roots and we get happy and comfortable and, you know, channel 13 has really been a a special place, you know, in the, in the year that I was down in in KMBC and in Kansas city, And I saw a a lot of that same thing too and people that have been there just a really, really long time. Um, But at the same time in the market, it was different, the bigger market. And I know this was the case in St. Louis. I mean, you go down there and people from the different TV stations, they don't really even know each other, you know, much less hang out. Whereas in Des Moines, it it is kind of like all one big family. I mean, you know, when I came up and I was a a younger uh, reporter, especially when I was single. I mean, we were always hanging out with everybody from KCCI, channel eight and at channel five. We all knew each other. I and mean, then especially within the stations themselves, we really knew each other. And um, that's been a, a really special thing. I mean, I, I'm sure it, it, it changes from station to station, depending <clears throat> on the mix that you have and the people. Yeah. But you know, whether it's Ed or Keith, or, I mean, I went to college with Aaron, or, or winners, or Dave Price, or uh, you know Janae Town, or, or Jerry Ann. I mean, I, I've just known these people for so long. You know, I've been to their weddings, and, and you know, seen their been there the day that their kids were born, and you know, go to their kids' weddings. And I mean, we just know each other so well that it, it has become a family. And you know, when that happens, it, it makes it really hard to leave because. So- you get very comfortable, and these are your people.
3: Andy, are you telling me that on um, Anchorman, the news battle, fights, knife fights in the alley and everything between the different news teams, that's not real?
4: <laughs> I, I, you know what? I think in some markets it is. I mean, And we've had people that have come here to Des Moines that are just, like, wired that way. They're so competitive that they don't want anything to do. With the people from the other stations, but you know, um, the the funny thing about um, about Anchorman is, I'm sure that so much of it is rooted in truth, and so you see, (laughs) um, you you know, you you see some of the people that laugh the hardest at that are the people you know that have been in the business. But I would really think that it would be people that were in the business in the '70s and '80s, which is really kind of the cake years of local TV news. Um, We're way beyond that now. Um, you know, where, um, I, I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, local TV news when, you know, when, when, when Keith and and Ed and, um, you know, the, the, the ones that have really been here a long time, probably lesser to extent myself and and Dan and Aaron, but, you know, when, when we leave, I, I don't think the people that replace us will be known as well as we are. And that doesn't really say anything about us. You know, I'm, I'm not bragging. Um, it sounds arrogant. But the way people watch TV has changed dramatically in the last 20 years. I know you guys yeah. know that, too. I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, you just – we just don't do that anymore. I mean, it used to be, especially in the days of Anchorman, I mean, mm. everybody watched the news. Even in a place like San Diego, everybody watched the news. Your, your TV was on the news. At six and 10 every day. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so those people became gigantic celebrities in in town, huge celebrities. I can remember like lining up and waiting in a really long line to get an autograph from one of the local news anchors in St. Louis, not because I was a fan of his, but barely even knew he was. I just knew he was on TV and famous. He was a big deal. Yeah. and, And I, that's, that's that's not that that's going the way of the dodo. I mean, people just have too many other ways to get their news, too many other options, uh, distracting them. So it, it, you know, Anchorman was very true for that time, but twenty years from now, people just they won't they really won't they probably really won't get the yeah. the truth behind the human. Being.
3: That makes me sad.
4: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's like. Um, you know I'm, I'm i'm sitting I'm sitting here uh, looking at my vinyl record collection you know? yeah um, which is nostalgic now right but I mean it used to be that was when I was a really little kid that was the only way that you got it and you know you um you move beyond outdated mediums but as you do that you oftentimes find yourself looking back and realizing that, some of the things that you gave up um, in the name of convenience and immediacy um, really are, are, are bad. I mean, you, 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 miss, you miss some of those things that you gave up. And, you know, when, when, we, when we had appointment television like we did in the 70s and 80s, we paid closer attention because that's all there was. And we, we, we consumed it thoroughly. You know, you picked up the paper. You guys remember. And you picked up the sports page. What did mm-hmm. you do? You, you read all of it. Oh, yeah. You know, all of it. I mean, the, all the box scores and, and all the stories and all the columns. I mean, all you read all of it. And now – you probably couldn't do that if you wanted to.
3: Back during that time, I could tell you like who was in fourth place in like the Eastern Conference, like South Division. Like I I knew it all from just from reading the sports page all the time. Like I didn't care that much, but I'd go, eh, I wonder where all the teams are standing right now. And I I knew every team in every division and every conference okay. and every league just from reading the reading the sports page. What about you, Jerry?
2: Every box score that you could find. Yeah, exactly. Who the batting who the fourth place batting uh Percentage was in the National League on a given week, and what did, the trans the transactions who 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 signed where each each day. You know,
1: did you guys ever read the Sporting News?
4: Yep. A little. Okay, so that that was published in St. Louis, and that was like I loved that publication because it was all numbers. It was mm. every box score from every game that had happened that week, all. Of and I would go through them all, you know, just pour over them, and you know all the, the the most current statistics. I mean, this is all pre-internet, obviously, but you know, you just consumed all of that, and and because it was all you had. Um, and now it's just God. I mean, it's like white noise. There's so much out there. there. There's there's more that you you could never find it all. Obviously, you guys know that. But um, you know, we we just I, I don't know that the system that we have now. It's more convenient it is uh much more accessible I-, I don't know that it's better
2: you know i get that a lot over here because people when you move here the husker fans they seem to think that you're just going to instantly convert but again <laughs> growing up growing up in that era and only being an hour out of iowa city back when the things were talking about that was all you had your local tv four channels yeah. and they all covered the the hawkeyes you know the uh, your your newspapers were hawkeyes and they're just, you know, that's exactly what gets permeated into you growing up back in an era like that versus right now you can watch any team from any place in in, in the world, you know. So it, it, I can definitely see what you're saying.
3: No, uh, that's a great point too that you brought up, Jerry, about when you move here. Like when you know, back when I moved to Nebraska, every every Husker fan's like, Okay, when are you gonna become a Husker fan? And it's like, eh, I don't really plan on it ever. And I was a bit I was a Hawkeye fan when I moved here, and I can tell you that they turned me into a monster. I am a huge, <laughs> huge Hawkeye fan now, probably one of the biggest in the world, because if you live here, it'll either make you or break you, and it oh, definitely yeah. ma- made me, like, it was insane, the crap, still to this day, obviously, since, you know, Jerry and I really got Nebraska Hawks nest up and running the, you know, the the constant, you know, crap that you mm-hmm. get, and again, like Keith said, when we interviewed Keith Murphy, he said it great, you have sports hate, which is not real hate, it's fun. And then you have real hate, which is an ugly thing. And you know, when we say we you know hate the Cornhuskers, it's fun sports hate, not you know the real deal. But you know, it's it's still it makes it a lot more fun. And I've always told Jerry, I don't know if I could ever move back to Des Moines because I walk into like a public place in a Hawkeye shirt in Des Moines, no one's going to look twice. I do it here, and I and people look at me like I'm an alien. Like, are you lost? Like, what the hell are you wearing? Like, what what's the deal here, man? And they get like visibly angry which i love and it, it, it fills me full of joy and so um uh, that's jerry i don't know what your experience like that's been
2: no that's exactly right i you know i don't really have anything to add it, it, you know i always said that it either the huskers will either steal you s-t-e-a-l or they or it will steal you as in steal your resolve and i mean I'm the exact same way. So all it did was make me more of a Hawkeye fan. I refuse to wear a piece of red clothing in this house. I,
4: so, I I absolutely know where you're at. I mean, when I went to college and, and you know, came here to Des Moines, you know, i surrounded by a bunch of Cub fans from Chicago and, you know, the, yep. the, 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 the Cubs AAA affiliates here in town. And, you know, I was just like, hell with that. Give me my cardinal stuff, and I was, you know, wearing that mm. loud and proud more than ever before, and more than I did in St. Louis. And, you know, then I go back to St. Louis, I'm wearing all that stuff. I get stickers all over my car and stuff, and it's just, you know, any other car on the road, yeah. I'm um, any other Joe Blow in a Cardinals hat or whatever a Blues hat, but uh, yeah, you go away from home and suddenly, you know, you 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 rep home more than, oh, yeah, more than you ever did before. I completely get it.
3: Well, that's what my wife's like. Can you just wear a normal shirt out in public without a tiger hawk on it? And I'm like, I really don't want to. Um, do, do I absolutely have to? And you know, she'll tell me like, okay, this is like some a place where you need to wear a, a neutral polo shirt and. My can I pull off a tiger hawk polo at this event? No. Okay. Well, th- then I won't. But uh, Andy, we really wanted to also talk to you about the "What's Bugging Andy" segment, my favorite probably sports segment there is. Um, I especially for I got to tell you a segment of the population and market that you're hitting that I know that when you did this, you pr- didn't even think about are guys like Jerry and myself that are Hawk fans that are from Iowa, living in Nebraska. We get this media from you, and we are eating that stuff up mm-hmm. for years. We freaking love it. It's like, yes, we are living that every day, and you are like bringing awareness to it, and it's beautiful. We wanted to play a little clip of one of your What's Bugging Andes," and then um, kind of talk about your love affair with the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Corn Nation here.
1: I'd like to start by extending our sympathies to our neighbors to the West. Call them the Bumpuses, the Cousin Eddies, whatever. The given name is Nebraska, which is an Indian word for let the white people have this place. We don't want it anyway. Seriously, Nebraska, how you doing? Are you hurting? This was supposed to be the year that frost got you back to winning. As it stands, you may not have a win before there's frost on the ground. Now, we here at Sound Off don't like the idea of kicking our neighbor when he's down, no. We love it! This was supposed to be the return of the great big red. Well, you know what's big and red right now? Yo ass from getting spanked by every team from Wisconsin to Troy. Troy! Know what else is red? My face from laughing at the whole thing. I mean, this was your one thing, Nebraska. I mean, the one nice thing that people driving through your state could say as they stared at seven hours of jack-diddly squat. You want misery? I mean, take I-80 from Wyoming to Omaha. It'll be the one and only time you say, oh, thank God for council bluffs. Yeah, yeah. We know how you'll hit us back. Uh, How many national titles does Iowa have? Well, since the death of the BCR, we have as many as you do. Yes, Nebraska is Iowa's Uncle Rico. I mean, he was something back in the day, but now he lives in a van, and his clothes and hair look like something off a sex offender registry. Memorial Stadium, huh? You mean like in memory of the good football that once took place here? (laughs) Right now, you have lost nine straight. We hear you're hung up on that one with Akron that got canceled. Well, don't be. They'd have flattened you like a turtle crossing the interstate. The cl- All
3: right, we'll, we'll stop it there. But, again, absolutely fantastic. I can't watch that and not smile. Um, and tell us a little bit about um, how that idea came up with the What's Bugging Andy, the, some of the Nebraska Cornhusker rhetoric that you guys have in those, and some of the reaction that you've gotten from Husker fans.
4: Well, the the reaction, um, I I will say that, uh, most, most people reacted perfectly to it. Uh, they bought it completely. And, you know, um, let's start with this. First of all, there's some truth behind it, right? I mean, Iowa has been infested with front running Nebraska fans forever uh, since Nebraska was good. Okay. Not, not forever. Only since Nebraska was good. Um, There were all of these fans in Nebraska or in Iowa, especially in the Western part of the state that just suddenly they were really close to their second cousin who was from Nebraska and they, uh, you know, uh, just that that their their Cornhusker fandom began organically that way, and it just yeah. so happened it was a coincidence that they were winning national championships at that same time. Um, but then they were insufferable around here in in Iowa, where you know. Oh no! I don't care anything about the Cyclones and Hawkeyes. I don't care if they lost this week. My team's doing great. we are like, who's your team? Oh, Nebraska. You're a Cornhusker fan? Yeah. How long have you been a fan? Oh, my whole life. And they were insufferable. And they, and we and we all knew, the Iowans knew that they were front runners. They they were they were they were fans who picked Nebraska because they were winning. And I I think most real sports fans have, um, you know, they 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 have a lot of resentment toward those types of fans because they're not, they, they didn't go through the wars. Absolutely. You know, if, you're, if You're a Hawkeye fan. If you're a Cyclone fan right now, yep. you didn't decide to become a Cyclone fan because they were winning. You had a real connection True. to the school. Um, at, at Iowa... You, you aren't old enough to remember a national title for, for the Hawkeyes. No. Um, unless you're a wrestling fan. But so, you know, it was ingrained in your family, but you've stuck with them because when, first of all, it's, it's, it's your team because it's, it's here in your state or, you know, your parents went to school there or you went to school there. It's really your team. It's not something you just adopted out of convenience because it gave you the quickest path to celebrate, you really earned it, and you proved your resiliency. So, to me, that I, I just think that these segments probably were really popular with people around here because they knew people like that. They were like, "Yes, that's finally we're hitting back at these people." Yes, and then um, you know, also uh, it's it's just fun. It's just sports. You know, like mm-hmm. Keith said, it's it's sports hate. It's fun to poke the bear. But then, you know, at the same time, look, if if you go to enemy territory or you're, you know, in a foreign land and you're rooting for, uh, you know, another team, when that team's winning, it's great. But everybody around you is taking notes. They're taking notes on you. And when things turn, (laughs) they're going to pay you back. And you know that's going to happen. That's kind of the fun of sports. And now... Iowa fans and Cyclone fans are paying back the Husker fans that they had to listen to for a long time uh, when they were, were growing up. And we're having a lot of fun doing it because <laughs> Nebraska has just been lost. I mean, just lost, Just following, just chasing its tail, you know, burning through coaches and athletics directors. And I mean, just lost, right? Um, yeah. And, and Iowa just kind of stayed the course, Sticking with Kirk Ferentz, I mean, I, I can't. I'm not even. I, I can't even remember exactly how many different Nebraska coaches have been there during Kirk Ferentz's time in Iowa. But it's been a lot. Um, but you know, uh, the, the reaction that we got from those because we were always kind of keeping that in our pocket and hoping that we would find a day where we, it would be perfect to really get back in the Nebraska fans. So when we finally launched it, oh my god, oh yeah. I mean, I had people were so there were people that were so angry, they were so <laughs> so mad. And, you know, doing these segments, I mean, it is all in fun, but if there isn't at least one person that gets angry, then the segment didn't work. Well, yeah. let's say with this, <laughs> this segment, there was more than one.
2: So Andy, you know, you also had the other side of that coin with North Dakota State before oh, the Iowa North Dakota State game, but you of course, as we know, the outcome of that, you had to eat a lot of crow from that one. What was the what was the difference? What was the kind of reaction on that one where you just knew that you had to take it for the uh, for the for the the uh, clip that you put out there?
4: Yeah, well, so that 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 one was literally just something that we decided. Hey, we need to get a bunch of clicks. We need to have some fun here. We need to get some attention. Let's, you know, it was a game that nobody cared about, so we just decided we'd make a, a big stink out of this. And it was, you know, we really faked it, mm-hmm. um, started with Iowa state in the, in uh, North Dakota state. And, uh, I, 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 don't think anybody realized just how loyal that Bison mm-hmm. fan base is. I mean, they really are into that team. Um, and you know, good for them. I mean, it's North Dakota. They, it, it's, it's what they've got and, and it is a really fine program. Um, But I came at them with that first one uh, with Iowa State, and they came down, and Iowa State smoked them for one quarter and then got run over. And, I mean, North Dakota State fans went crazy on me. I mean, they went crazy. There were, and most of them got the joke, because, you know, I'm making fun of how flat and boring North Dakota is, and then... I'm comparing pictures of North Dakota with pictures of Iowa, and they're like the same picture, um, you know. So we're 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 clearly there's a ton of hyperbole, and, and we're just exaggerating. But they smoked Iowa State like I think they did it twice, and so I just you know I had to just take it. I was on the radio up there over and over and over again, and um, the newspaper, and but most people got the joke um and then iowa plays it and we are like okay we got to bring this back and this time we're just going to put extra mustard on it because we are certain that iowa is going to smoke north Dakota. coast mm. they're going to kill them iowa oh. state's you know always been so unstable you never really know <laughs> but kirk and all guys they're going to smoke them. <laughs> so i i came back with that and i mean it was on Care TV in Minneapolis. It was, you know, they ran What's Bugging and Andy all over, all in every market in, in North Dakota. Uh, in South Dakota, they ran it. Uh, they, I mean, I, it, it, Fargo-Moorhead market was, I, I was on the radio, I don't know, six or seven times. And they just, they... They liked it. They loved it because they kind of liked the attention. But at the same time, you could tell that they were all really hoping that they would get a chance to get hit back at me. But then they beat Iowa, and I just finally said, say, you know what? You flat <laughs> out smoked us, you know, like every bit of us. You know, Oh, this yeah. This is better. I mean, really, because North Dakota State beat Iowa. That they were the better team. They they beat Iowa straight up and down. You guys watched that game.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was there. They were better. Yeah, I mean, four you four. just had
4: to. Own up to it. Just be like, well, that's it. So I thought, okay, well, I'm gonna just go back, you know, 180 degrees the other direction. Totally on the bandwagon as a North Dakota State fan, they sent me all this gear. I, you know, did an infomercial for like the North Dakota Chamber of Commerce, <laughs> and uh, you know, they, and they loved it. And ever since then, it's been a really kind of a fun relationship. Have never had that same reaction from the Nebraska fans <laughs> because they're still really, really, really upset. Sure, Keith told you some other stories, but we we, we got some voicemails from Nebraska fans that
3: some rays
4: Oh, uh, they were well. We got there was this like director of this funeral home in he West. He told Baptist. us about that. Yeah, um, he he was so angry, and, and again, it's, it's exactly that situation. He's a, a guy in Iowa, an Iowa living and working in Iowa, making his money off of Iowans, making his money off of Hawkeye fans, who had just been this front-runner Nebraska fan for his whole life and is so mad that all of his friends have clearly been paying him back for the last 10 years. And then along comes what's bugging Andy and just really turns the knife. And
2: (laughs) he, He was
4: so mad he could spit.
2: Let's put the shoe on the other foot. I don't think you're going to be doing any Lincoln Chamber of Commerce commercials when Nebraska finally beats Iowa either. So there's a little difference in the fan reactions there between the two bases on that end as well.
4: Yeah, and and I think, I think part of it is, I, I think what it seems to us, kind of what Nebraska fans are, are maintaining is that they really don't want to admit that Iowa is now their biggest rival. No. It's not Oklahoma. It's not Colorado. It's certainly not Texas or, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's certainly not Penn State or Ohio State or Michigan. I mean, it's Iowa. That's it. Yeah. And until you beat Iowa, you cannot move up and move on to Wisconsin or mm-hmm. Ohio State. Um, but they don't want to admit that Iowa is their nemesis right now. And the Hawkeyes certainly are
3: well, that was the whole thing from the very beginning is, you know, living here when they first joined the Big Ten and we started playing them, you know, they kind of got the better of us at the beginning, but they were like, yeah, yeah, you're not really our rivals. Wisconsin's our rival. Yeah. And then Wisconsin to put 65 points up on them and, you know, run them out of the building. And, you know, they still at this point are like, you know, this is every great program, you know, has a dip where we, you know, they don't do so well for, you know ten, twenty 10 20 years or something like that and then they turn it up and we'll be winning national championships again it's like all right yeah.
2: good, good you can get luck back with to that. Me
4: when that happens okay yeah
2: yeah I don't know if, I don't know if Adam has it but just this past week Adam had this tremendous uh, WWF style championship belt made up and it's it's basically like a you know it's for the Iowa Nebraska but we we're trying to push for it to become the battle for the corn Belt so uh anyway i don't adam if you got that or if not you'll have to go to our social media page and we'll see i don't said. have it
3: um on me right now i still haven't gotten it in the mail yet but i i went through uh because i'm you know i have a life not really <laughs> and um i was like you know it'd be really cool to you know have like a, a heroes game nebraska iowa championship belt you know that we can use and so it is. It has been made. It's on our social media. You have to check it out. It's pretty sweet. It turned out really, really well. So we're kind of pushing the that rivalry to be called the Battle of the Corn Belt. I mean, the Heroes Game, like that's cool and all, but like it just doesn't have a a ring to it, and nobody calls it that.
4: I I, can, I could not agree more. Keith feels the same way, guys. I mean, it, the the Heroes Game is it's like the legends and leaders. Yeah. It, it is so. It sounds like it was concocted by a focus group or something. It's not like yeah. at all. Corn Belt is, is is a great name. It's a great trophy. The Heroes game, that could be anywhere. That doesn't have anything to do with Iowa or Nebraska. Um,
3: if you Google it, it's it comes up as a video game. It doesn't even come up Iowa-Nebraska. And, like, High V couldn't really seem to care less about promoting it. Like, you walk into a High V store the week of the game, there's not a lick of Iowa-Nebraska Heroes game stuff anywhere that they're even showing it off like that's one thing there's been a push lately and i saw keith wanted the iowa iowa state trophy to be taken back but like we're really trying to make a push like we need to rename that game the battle for the corn belt and like really make it interesting and not do this heroes game thing anymore because it's just it's not working
2: the best the, the best trophies and rivalries are organic they're not you know they're not corporate players so.
4: well and they're they're really old too i mean it's just really hard it just takes time more than anything i mean people have to first of all th- this rivalry will not truly take off until nebraska starts winning this football game yeah um, it, it just it's been completely one-sided for i don't know what six seven years now I, I, yeah I, I've six. Lost count. six years um and y- you know it, 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 the next time Nebraska wins this game and, and, and it's going to happen, but the next time Nebraska wins this game, man, they are going to come back at Hawkeye fans so hard. And then Hawkeye, and then and you know how uh, it works in sports. I mean, if it's all one-sided, you know, the Iowa state rivalry was non-existent until, you know, what, 98 when, when McCarney beat Pry, yeah. and, and then, you know, it came alive. And now it's the most heated rivalry that, that I was gotten. It's, it's not close, but um, you know, it has to go back and forth. But you know, I agree, the, the heroes just it does, it's not regional, it doesn't have anything to do with us, uh, or them. Um, it, it's it's a it's an opportunity to you know, for another business to show how much they like veterans and first responders and that kind yeah. of stuff and it, you know we know that everybody's always looking for extra ways to do that and, and certainly it's it's good to honor those guys but it, i don't know at the same time i feel like you could do that with the Corn Belt trophy and you know have yeah. those people yeah. on hand and honor them all the same but not you know right the, you know try to do too much with it
3: andy when the week of the game we would love to loan you out the Corn Belt to take on TV with you, if you would like. It's a it's a beautiful piece. You are going to love it.
4: I, I will gladly accept. I'll put it on the morning news. I know they'll take it on Sound Off and have fun with it. And uh, I, I would I would be uh, I'll, I'll do well, all I can with it. I'd, I'd be, be honored.
2: Let's let's be truthful. Aaron Karen is not going to have fun with it until Nebraska finally wins that game. So well,
4: we. I don't know how much Erin really cares about that stuff. I mean, she's been a long time since she has lived in Nebraska, um, and her husband is a big Hawkeye fan, so uh, we kind of make her uh, play that role. <laughs> uh, but Amber Alexander, one of our meteorologists, is she she's a Nebraska grad, so but you know at the same time her husband is a an Iowa State grad, you know, big fan. And so um, it's, you know, I, I think, again, I mean, when when the team doesn't – when Nebraska doesn't win, it would be hard to maintain your mm. loyalty if you're just somebody from Iowa who latched on to them because yeah. they were winning. right.
3: No, exactly. Well, Andy, we want to reconnect with you closer to the heroes game, AKA the battle for the Corn Belt. And uh, we'll definitely want to hook you up with that title to bring on TV. And, you know, we're, we were really lobbying for Nebraska Hawk's Nest to play some part and have a little bit of, of a helping hand and sound off that during that time. So um, make sure to reach out to us and we just want to thank you for your time and all the awesome work that you've done over the years. Jerry and I are huge fans and followers and just want to, want to tell you, keep it up and, and thank you. Yeah.
4: Well, I'll tell you what guys, uh, I got a little something special for you. Uh, I recorded what's bugging Andy this morning. Oh, and we're back to Nebraska again.
2: <laughs> yes. And we,
4: uh, I don't know if you've noticed Nebraska's, um, the the uh, the catchy name that they've given to their name image likeness program. No, uh, they decided to call it Millbraska. What? Okay. Wow. I, I, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Pick that up.
3: No Nil-Braska.
4: way. Milk as in well. Wow. Well, you know, and, you know the number of winning seasons under Scott Frost, as in the number of. Bowl games they've made in the last four uh, years is in the number uh, of wow. titles that they've won since the Spice Girls. They're um, just
3: making it too easy at this point. Like it's starting to become not even fun.
4: You, know, I mean, guys, Nebraska, help me help you. <laughs> help me. <laughs> Well, you know, as,
2: as their tourism tells you these days, it's not for everyone. So,
4: We had some fun with that one, too. So, yeah, Sunday night you'll see that on SoundOff, guys. you
2: will be something watching. something to look forward to. And, you know, Andy, again, the whole team, it's just great. Every time I'm back in Des Moines or we're back in Des Moines, watching you guys, it's kind of like going back and visiting family again. So, you know, great work from you and the WHO team. And- We'll look forward to watching it Sunday night. It's just another piece of home to us.
4: Well, I'll tell you what. Drop us a line when you guys are coming in town next, and maybe you can uh, join us for a a little bit uh, on the radio show, on the Murphy and Andy show. Uh, We
3: would would absolutely love it.
2: Sounds good.
3: All right. Thanks, thanks Andy. Hey, you go go back to that beer. That's getting warm. I haven't seen you take a drink of that for a while. I'm getting (laughs) a little worried (laughs) about you. All right, Andy. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Go Hawks. Thanks, Andy. Go Hawks.
4: Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Happy Fourth of July.
3: You too.